Welcome to the Think Deeper podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jack Wilkie, joined again by Joe Wilkie and Will Harab. Uh, happy to be with you guys another week. And just a reminder, uh, there is so much more. If if your your hour of Think Deeper a week is not enough for you, join us over on Focus Plus. Uh, we've been doing the deep end segments, getting feedback uh, from the deep thinkers directly. They're on our Patreon, and uh, it's just a really enjoyable experience. So we've told you about it a million times, but here's your push again. Go check that out, focuspress.org slash plus, P-L-U-S. And I don't think I have anything else to talk about, so no big long promo today. You guys kind of know uh, what we've been up to, so be sure to check that stuff out. We're going to continue our, our multi-episode arc on friendships, relationships, and if you remember at the end of last week's episode, we started to get into the differences between male and female friendships, especially in the church, spiritually, and and everything that goes into those, because they are very different, and I think we have a tendency to treat them the same. Um, in fact, I've referenced a book before called uh, Why Men Hate Going to Church, and one of the things the author talks about is churches have known kind of how to minister to women, and so they do that to men. And it doesn't work. Like, all right, let's let's get everybody in a room together and just talk about what's going on in your life and all that. Heavily and, emotional. Yes, yeah. you know, really share of yourself. And a lot of times, guys are like, no, no, thanks. You know, I'll stay home and watch football. And so, what are the differences? How do we maximize? You know, the the distinctions between us. And I'm gonna reference back to last year we did our. Um, male, female, masculinity, femininity episodes, I think there's a lot in there that we're going to bring into this, and so go check those out if you haven't. I think they were some of our best episodes, I I personally feel like. A lot of groundwork laid down there, and so check those out if you haven't. But let's get into the... why it matters, why, and what can be gained by really investing in male-male friendships and female-female friendships in these different ways. But Joe, get us started on why this is such a challenge in our day and age. Well, yeah, I remember growing up and, you know, we had good good hockey buddies, good friends at church, things like that. And anytime you would get together and you'd do something fun, um, there's inevitably a time where you'd kind of be close to somebody, but you'd hear the phrase, no homo. I don't know if I've, other people have heard that, no homo. And the whole idea was, hey, I like you, but, you know, we're not homosexual. Two guys, and you're talking, two guy friends. Two guys, two guys, correct, yeah. Shout out Nikola Jokic on that one. Yeah, that's right. Hey, the uh, Nugget superstar who, did he get fined? I think he got fined for that, didn't he? Yeah, I got fined for saying no homo in a, <laughs> in a press conference. Um, but that's exactly the idea is we don't know how to have really solid guy relationships without kind of making it weird today or without having to call that out because you consider, you know, the, these relationships in the Bible, um, David and Jonathan, a relationship like that where they're brothers, they're so close to one another. But nowadays, if you have that, oh, they must be gay. And, and I've even heard, uh, speaking of hockey, one of my old hockey coaches, we'd go round and round, he'd watch the History Channel, and then he'd come spew all this ridiculous stuff. Did you know the Bible's missing 15 books? Oh, my word. Um, but one of the things he said, which is actually blasphemous, was Jesus was gay. Because nobody goes around with 12 other men, you know, he gets that close to him for three years, Jesus must have been gay. As if the, this guy had been in the military. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, like, it. Exactly. That we know these relationships, sports teams, military, some work relationships. Like you, you really they, drill down into what a male relationship can be in that right. situation. And but our modern brain is so sexually addled. We see David and Jonathan go, they're gay. Right. Oh, that's see, super you know, weird. The disciples, yeah. oh, they're gay. Yeah, the one that Jesus loved. See, you know what that means? Because how could you not bring sexuality into it? Like there's such thing as relationships without sexuality. But in today's culture, that's what's really, really difficult. So you don't hear this quite as much for women. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the case because you got, oh, girlfriend, you know, that type of thing. But for men, it's very prevalent. Well, this is why I brought up at the end of the last episode that we did that I feel, and and Joe, I think you had a little bit of pushback on this. I, I feel like generally speaking, women do a little bit better of a job of this than men do. And, you know, maybe Joe, I'll let you get into the, the problems with that. (laughs) But when it comes to seeking out or pursuing, um, I think women are more prone to want to have relationships with other females, whereas a lot of guys you look at it and you're and, and you're like, they're pretty much take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've got my wife, I've got my work acquaintances, I got my golf guy, I've got my guy I talk sports with. I don't really need anybody else. I feel like that's how a lot of especially middle aged men, middle aged guys are. They they don't feel the need for a close male companion, a, a really close guy friend, um, because again, you look at the the average thirty five forty year old that you know. 
Who is their best friend? Can you name their close friend? Usually you can't. There are a few, I, I guess, I, you know, maybe maybe one or two here and there. But for the most part, middle-aged guys don't have really close friends. And so, again, I think there's a lot of issues with the way females these days have the close friends. And we'll get into that here in just a little bit, I guess. But as far as guys go, man, they, they don't pursue it. They don't seek it out. They, they And I, I think maybe because of the sexualization, like you're talking about, of how everything is skewed our understanding um, of what a male-to-male relationship, friendship can be, I think that's part of it. But I also think... Again, guys are just so content with going to work, taking care of the family. They, they, they don't have the So let me ask that, I guess. What do you think presents the need, or I guess what do you think if, if for guys that, that do look at it like, yeah, take her to leave, I don't really need a close friend. What do you think contributes to that mostly? Like why don't they have the, the desire to have a really good close friendship with other guys? I think it's all part of the subtle attack on masculinity that's been going on for decades. Um, strong men that are together with other strong men that are achieving greatness. You know, Will, you and I on the gym podcast are about striving for greatness. Uh, That's best done when you have other people helping push you toward greatness. Well, that's a threat to, you know, the powers that be, and it kind of sounds conspiracy. Who's they, you know, who are, who are you referring to? Like, I think we all know there's a push against masculinity. And so one of the biggest pushes is the isolation. And you see this in work. You see this in friendships. You see this even in church. We've isolated, isolated, isolated. Oh, he's got it. He's good. Instead of, hey, we need this companionship. We turned it homosexual. Banding and now, together. Right. And and we turned it homosexual. So where guys go, oh, you know what? I don't want that. And then we turned it weak. And so instead of having these brothers that you're bonded with, like a military unit, no, now it's weakness if you need somebody else. You should be able to ha- handle it on your own. To the point that we have man therapy commercials and I think we referenced this last week, but mantherapy.org, where you have a bunch of, you know, one of the highest suicide rates in the nation that's rising is 40 to 50-year-old men. Nobody can do anything about it because we've isolated them. We're the ones that contributed to the problem. And so I think that one of the reasons why it's so difficult is look around and you'll notice everywhere that men can be isolated and left to their own devices, left lonely, will just give you porn. You know, you could take care of yourself. Well, we'll just give you video games. You can have fun on your own. We'll just give you, um, you know, whatever it is. And and the video games gets you away from playing sports and the other things that bind you to other guys, you know, and bond, bond you together. Everything is isolated. So I think that is pushing subtly back on men, in my opinion. But I, I really do think the homosexuality has messed with guys' minds. Well, it's so interesting that you bring that up because when we talk about, like Joe, you referenced the gym podcast, when... I feel like anytime we're trying to diagnose why are men generally weaker these days, why do we have a masculinity issue, why why are so many guys viewing masculinity in a negative sense, it just kind of clicked with me. I personally, one of the reasons, my list of reasons has never really included because we don't have guy-guy friendships anymore, like close male friendships anymore. But based on what you're saying, and it makes sense, that is is probably a reason why we have such, such weak men these days is because they don't band together. There is not a a bond, a let's all push for something. Like you're saying, it's all very do your own thing, you know, a lot of more weak-minded guys. And so when we're asking ourselves, okay, what's the solution? How do we improve the masculinity state? It's obviously our position that more male-male friendships, obviously within the church, think about what that could do for the church. But Jack, sorry, I think you had something. Well, no, I, so we we certainly want to, we're going to get to the female side of things here in a little bit, but as we're talking about the male side of things, we live in a very matriarchal society, and that is, you know, the safety overemphasis, the safe spaces, and the hurt feelings, and and you can't really say certain things that are obviously true because, well, that would hurt somebody's feelings. And one of the big casualties of that is the elimination of male-only spaces. Uh, you know, they let girls into the Boy Scouts, they let girls onto your sports teams, they let girls into, and I mean that. People, there's a lot of people who don't have a problem with that and want to go back to just having that, and and they say, well, I draw the line on letting the boy play on the girls' sports team, and you know the the trans thing and and the showering in the girls' locker room kind of thing, and oh no no we've got to draw the line there. No, we've got to draw the line back on boys do this, girls do this, boys you know go this way, girls go this way. There's boy men only camps. Joe and I lament every week. It's like, can we just have a male only gym? With that, like, you know, if you want to, you women want to show up not wearing any clothes and all that stuff, go to your own gym, but let's have a male-only gym, and ma- but there's literally, 
a shrinking almost no space in society that is male only now female only and it's kind of the critical theory thing of where you can have you know female only things that men aren't allowed into in the same way you can have you know uh muslim preference you can have hindu preference but you can't have christian preference and you can have you know uh black pride or you know uh black history month and uh, but it's like the dominance hierarchy thing of critical theory is if you're that straight white male you don't get any you know and and not that it's there's a race matter about it all but it's the same theory that goes to well you're men you don't get any special privilege you don't get any you're you're the privileged ones already right yeah you let us in to everything that you're doing and it's like and so what you end up with is emasculated men who are kind of they're the you know it's a tiger in a cage at the zoo and you look at those tigers in the cage at the zoo they're bored they're lazy they're not ferocious they're just they lay there all day they got nothing to do you know and they've got this power they've got this thing they could be dangerous they could accomplish things they you know they could be out there roving and killing and doing things they're they're supposed to do but they're lazy in the same sense you're talking about porn video games in the basement kind of thing yeah so when bringing this back around to friendship is like we're all isolated from each other because there's no place where we can go work together and hang out and, and build with each other because we're all isolated doing nothing. We're all just kind of patted on the head, uh, very school marm, very mother may I lifestyle that men are, are brought into from two years old. And because we get masculinity wrong, we, we don't have the basis for masculine friendships. Right. And then you get Xbox Live and we go, well, that's my friends. I get on Xbox and play Destiny or whatever the game is. Virtual I, I, friends. Yeah, yeah, virtual friends. I mean, I don't keep up with what the newest games are, but, you know, people get on there and it's the virtual friends. And, oh, yeah, I talk with my buddies all the time. And they'll play that together. But Will and I just recorded a gym podcast that um, might step on a few toes. It is objectively better to go out and play basketball together with your buddies than to get on Xbox Live and play it. It just is. There's so many more things that you can get. Sports are really important, and we've taken that away. And again, with that comes camaraderie. That's part of the working together. That's part. Like we lamented the fact that at, at Future Preachers, you went from these guys that were bonded together, and everybody had to go play a sport. And whether it was ultimate frisbee or whether it was uh, football or basketball, like everybody was required. You have 40 campers, and they're all out there playing sports. And some of them were horrible. They were horrible. That's okay. You don't have to be amazing, but. You're going to get out there and bond with the other guys. And yes, you're you're kind of sweating together and you're, you know, working up this or you're you're running out of breath and and you're just you're on a team and you're playing all these sport like it just was cool. It was an experience where you could tell these shelter kids are getting out together and they're having a really good time building these friendships. Sure enough, one year you show up and hey, where's so and so? Oh, they're back in the building. Oh, are they sick? That's not good. No, no. They brought their their GameCube. What? Yeah, there's, they brought their GameCube, and so four of the campers stayed behind. And then the next year, it was 10 of the campers stayed behind. And the next year, it was 20 of the campers stayed behind. And all of a sudden, you shifted from, hey, we have these sporting events where it's good to go out in a little competition, right? We're pushing each other, a little trash talk, that's okay, to, which is a masculine thing to, well, I guess we'll all stay inside and play video games. But we're playing video games together, so it counts the same way. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We as men are goal-oriented. We're driven to conquer. We're driven for dominion. We're driven to be competitive. Um, that's God-given nature. So I think you're you're spot on, Jack, in terms of like, because we get masculinity wrong, we get camaraderie wrong. And we think that Xbox Live Friends replicates what you have in real life, and it just doesn't. And we talked about that last week, the woes of social media. But I really think for guys these days, it's a lot easier to be friends with someone behind a screen or while you're, you know, you're already playing something like the same game, so you already have something in common. And yeah, you'll chat about other different things, but I just don't think it's the exact same because we've taken the masculinity piece out of it. Well, let me ask you guys, ideally, because that's where we're, the way we're talking here about what we need to get back to, what should guy friendships look like? Because I think a lot of the time we hear the term friendship and because of the matriarchal society that we live in, because everything is tainted by culture, what do guys think a lot of uh, friendship means? Sit around, talk about your feelings, do what like, girls do, which is call each other up and talk for 30 to 45 minutes. And let's face it, there's not a lot of guys that really want to do that. There's not a lot of guys that, that, that view that as a good use of time because we are domin- or we are goal-oriented. We're like, what is a 45-minute phone call going to accomplish? You know, What is just sitting around and doing nothing going to accomplish? And this is something that that I've uh, struggled with just because, you know, and this is kind of a sidebar here, but 
uh, like hey, some, doing stuff with Rachel's family is very different than doing stuff with my family. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of things when you when you marry into a family that you just have to adjust to. And one of the things that that her family just really enjoys is, you know, sitting around and talking. And, you know, my family does our fair share of talking, but we're usually doing something while we're talking. And so that's just been an adjustment for me, you know, marrying into her family of, okay, we're not going to play a game. We're not going to go do something, you know, they just talk and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that again, plays into the, what I'm talking about here with friendships is that guys and girls don't do friendships the same way. And a lot of guys think when we are in, in their mind, when they think friendship, it's okay, sit around just talk, just kind of, you know, talk about emotions, feelings or whatever. And that's not going to be what a lot of guys want to do with their friendships. So let me ask you guys that. We've talked about the idea of being goal oriented as men, the idea of being dominion oriented. We're a firm believer that that our guy friendships need to be need to look like that as well, but how specifically? How can how do how does our friendship, the, the friendship that us three guys have, what does that look like that differs, I guess, from what we would typically more think of the female side of friendship? Well, you need to be doing something, right? I mean, that's a big part of the masculinity thing we just talked about and, and that we did that masculinity episode is you have to be growing and doing and, and having goals and, and, and striving for dominion. And when you do that, you start to notice the people around you who are also doing that. You, you are drawn toward people who are improving. You might not even be doing the same thing. You know, it might not be the, you know, I'm working out, this guy's working out, or I'm working on this business and this guy's working on that business and we, you know, can feed off each other there. It's just growth and improvement and, and doing things. And especially as a church trying to grow spiritually, there there should be that there. And, and we've noticed this, the friendships that we have, you know, among ourselves, but among other guys, you know, that I'm friends with, guys that you're friends with separately, you start, you know, talking Bible with somebody, as we talked about last week, you start, you know, talking theological interest and things that you're into, and it's kind of like, this guy gets it, you know, like this, they're, they're going somewhere. Whereas if there's none of that, and that, you know, all of the things that we're talking about of the video games, porn, whatever else, of, you know, it, it's very, very disheartening discouraging uh to have those conversations like well you know what's going on in your life well i saw the latest marvel movie and it's really cool because it connects back to the you know like it's fun to talk movies i mean that can be a part of your life but like if that's all you've got going for you is well here's the movies i'm watching here's the video games i'm playing here's the tv shows i'm streaming and you know how many conversations are that these days you you don't build a relationship Especially with on guys that. under 30 yes and i mean it it's like cool man I, like and and where is it going to go from there? You know, like I too like that, or I oh I don't like that, but good for you, and that's the end of it. Whereas if there's a direction you're going, and that that is one of the big differences between male female relationships, is with the dominion versus nurturing the natures that we have, they need to be different. You know, women can just sit around and talk feelings, and and you know, I I don't know, just I'm not a woman, but we're gonna we're gonna get into some of that. <laughs> but for guys, it's got to be like ideas and and you know, uh, I don't know. Pushing each other to be better. Yes. Even if it's not directly that, it doesn't always have to be an accountability meeting, you know, it's, right. uh, you know, but you just kind of get that sense of like, all right, what are you up to? What am I up to? And, and challenging each other, pushing each other, even, you know, stepping on each other's toes a little bit. Well, that's what I mean. Not, not that you're always, every time you're with your guy friends checking up, like, Hey, you know, how, what's your progress on this and that. But just being surrounded by people who are motivated in and of themselves, even if you, even if that is not the subject of the conversation, but if you surround yourself with people who are driven, motivated, and are pursuing things, that's going to affect you. Just like if you surround yourself with people who are not doing those things, who are right. just obsessed with what whatever the latest uh, Mandalorian episode was or whatever the latest Marvel movie was, and that's all that they're doing with their lives, if that's who you surround yourself with as a guy – that's going to affect you as well. And so I, I agree, Jack. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a constant check-in. Hey, how are you doing in this area? How's your business? How's whatever? Just being surrounded by people, and I think that's what us three have that it's so fantastic and I'm so grateful for. We're all pursuing things. We're pursuing a lot of things together, but a lot of things separately. But because all of us have that mindset, in a way, even without it being necessarily an accountability system, we are holding each other accountable and we are pushing each other to be better because we're all pursuing something. There's the uh, the adage of dumb people talk about people, average people talk about events, smart people talk about ideas. And I think about that probably more than I should. I think about that a lot um, because 
you know, you can get into the gossip. We'll get into kind of the women's side. I think that is a female thing. Some guys can get into that, but you look at gossip and you're just talking about people in your lives and everything else. And I think that's, this is mean, small brained. I, I think that's not what we ought to be doing. And specifically for guys, I think, yeah, talking about people is fine. I'm not saying you don't ever do it. I'm saying what is the majority of your conversation. So for the guys out there that are listening, ask yourself, who do you have in your life that's pushing you? Who do you have in your life that you can talk ideas with? And how many ideas do you have? Are you thinking about how to make the world better? Because so many guys have gotten into it. This is why the the groundwork we've laid in previous podcasts of the masculinity, the extending adolescence, look, you matter. You bring something to the world. For every guy, you bring something to the world. And the fix-it fox nature of guys can be a detriment from time to time. I'm a therapist. I recognize those that can be a detriment from time to time. But it can also be one of the greatest and most positive things in our lives. We need to be using that to come up with ideas and to create and to have dominion and to be better and to challenge and to grow. How many guys do you have that you can legitimately do that with and grow and talk? So I would challenge you, find somebody in your life that is going that, that you can have those conversations with. And yes, it may be an older guy. And, sorry, I just wanted to bring this up because we haven't hit this yet before we hit the pitfalls. You know one other... I think really strong element of or what should be a really strong element of guy friendships, the ability to call each other out. We haven't really specifically mentioned that yet, but if you just have a bunch of shallow acquaintance, um, again, the level of your conversation is, did you watch the masters? Did you watch the latest football game? Did you watch the latest movie? Whatever. If that's the basis of your friendship, you're never going to ever feel comfortable calling that person out. Or, you know, hey, I really think you're wrong about this. Or I really think you're going about X, Y, Z in, in the wrong fashion. You can't do that if, you're, if your relationships with other guys are shallow. On the other side, if you have these deep friendships and you are pushing each other to be better, oh, Joe, exactly what you're talking about, guess what you're going to feel a lot more comfortable being able to do? Call somebody out right. when they need to be called out, not to be a jerk, not to you know have the moral high ground, but to say, I really think you're off base on that. We live in a culture that's so afraid to disagree that certainly um, has leaked into the church. We don't want to call anybody out. We don't want to offend people. To me, one of the strongest elements of guy relationships and guy friendships is the ability to diagnose something that somebody else said maybe in our group and say, I think that's off. I really don't think that's right, and here's why. And to, to have the security to be able to say, maybe to acknowledge yeah, maybe I do have that wrong. You don't have that in a lot of guy friendships, but I think it's because it's all shallow. Right, they're not. Sorry they're to interrupt not, you. No, though. they're not deep enough. That's exactly it. I do want to get into the pitfalls. The last thing I'll well, say. Well, hold on. On on Will's point there, that's one of the great things about male relationships is there's this this filtering mechanism of like, can you hang or not? And and the guys that are not going to be honest, the guys that uh, are not going to take criticism, the guys that, you know, you can mention, you know, getting the guys out to play football and then it devolved into video games over the years. When you get out there playing football, it becomes very apparent very quickly, like who the real athletes are. And and you've got just guys ask these the guys when we played beach football, they, they know who the real athlete uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm going to log off here. If, if that, yeah. I, I believe we've got a church basketball game coming up here very soon. So uh, we're, oh, yes. we're going to have oh, yes. our, our status. Jack and I are on the same again. team. Let me just say that. We'll, uh... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but what I'm getting at with that is like, uh, I mean, in minute one, it's like, okay, this guy is a supreme athlete. And then you've got the guy out there who's just not. But you know what? If he's trying and, and he's giving effort and, and he just wants to be part of it, usually he'll be included. Oh, yeah. It's the guy who like is whining is you know, or thinks he's better than he is and is just mad at everybody else. It's like, all right, you're just going to get filtered out. And this is one of the beauties of men doing things together is you know, those, those things filter out. And the other thing is... When you get out there and you've got, you know, the the range of really good players, really good athletes, really good in whatever thing that you're doing, all the way down to the novice, the beginner, the guy that's not very good. When the guy who's not very good scores a bucket or catches a touchdown, everybody goes nuts. Oh, yeah. Everybody is, you know, loves, you know, and it's a big moment for him. It, like these things that as guys that we do, we'll support each other if you give the effort. Right. But that's exactly to Will's point about the the you know ability to criticize each other ability to push each other and and kind of say hey that that's not good enough there is this filtering mechanism that says you can't show up and be a wimp you can't show up and be a whiner you can't show up you can't be that guy and when the matriarchal society i've been talking about has it to where it's basically you know we had this as kids where there'd be a guy that was doing that and it was kind of like 
we don't want to play with you. No, thanks. And some mom would come and be like, you guys are being really mean. You need to include him. And it's like, no, he needs to step up. He needs to get rid of that attitude. We will take anybody if they have the right attitude. And so it is that pushing each other thing that has been taken away from us that we really need to get back to doing. And that's the status of a, a good relationship is, is that. And so, Joe, you were getting us into the next thing. So I'll, I'll yeah, let you yeah. go Yeah, I was there. just going to say, you know, one last piece of advice before we get into the pitfalls. If you are looking around going, man, I don't have this, look around at somebody that you want to be, that you, that you want to be like, and you say, man, that person's got to go on. Level up. Put yourself around the better athletes. Put yourself around the smarter people. I remember at Bear Valley, I was the, the youngest of the class. I was best friends with the oldest of the class because he pushed me because I recognized, man, I'm not him. He's got a better work ethic. He's he's smarter. He's, he's you know pushed more. He was the valedictorian of the class. I loved hanging around him because he he brought me up where I would look to slack and it's like, no, I knew that I was going to be talking with him about it. And so look around and a lot of times we look to maybe some of the lower common denominators, the people that either we feel we're like or the people that maybe if we're being honest with ourselves are slightly below us. Look to the guy that you want to be like, don't get intimidated, go up and as Jack's talking about, have the right attitude, have a heart of like, and this guy knows something and let me be around him and let me learn from him and sometimes the best friendships can develop from that. So I want to get into pitfalls. Because there are some things that we have to pay attention to as guys that, that, you know, this is where things can devolve. They can go horribly wrong if we're not careful. Will, you have that? Real quick, Joe. Yeah, I was just going to say, we are 30 minutes in and we have not addressed the female side. Don't worry. We are getting there. We are. I don't want anybody to think, oh, they're just going to talk about the guys here. But anyway, go ahead. That's right. That's right. Um, no, you're good. So the first pitfall is alpha competition. And this is where, you know, the, the two alpha males or multiple alpha males can have that where the competition's really good. What we're talking about of pushing one another, challenging one another, you know, this, this, you know, maybe friendly trash talk from time to time. Yeah, sure. That's okay. But there can t- come a time where I hate using this term, I hate using it, but toxic, right? Like it becomes something that it shouldn't be. And we take the alpha competition and you have two guys that kind of ruin it for everybody. And I think we've all seen this. Anybody who's played sports, we've all seen where like somebody's not going to back down. It ends up, you know, it, it is this competition for who's high up, and um, it just becomes... Like a territorial thing. Yeah, almost. it becomes kind of a, 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 what do I want to say, like measuring muscle sizes type of thing, um, <clears throat> just to see who's on top. You see this in bands. Uh, this is a great great example in terms of uh, bandmates. Okay, so the, the Stones had a clear one and two, right? Everybody knows Mick Jagger's going to be the head. Everybody knows Keith is, is second, and then so on and so forth down there. What happened with the Beatles? Now, the Stones have been together for the last 80 years or something, somewhere close. I mean, it's <laughs> it's got to be close to 80 years. <laughs> 80 years. Long, long time. Um, the Beatles, they had John, they had Paul, and then George starts coming up the rank, and it's, George is like, well, hey, what am I going to do? So kind of not a clear number there's no, one. There's no clear number one, and they all had this, I got great ideas, and George came out with a fantastic album on his own after, right? And so you realize, whoa, you've got three alpha males, so to speak, Ringo, who knows? I mean, he's like playing with toys in the corner, but... Like, you have three macho males, so to speak, that are all kind of clawing for number one position, and they fall apart in less than 10 years. I mean, the Beatles' run really was like from 64 to 70. You're talking six years, seven years. Whereas the Stones have lasted forever because there's a clear alpha. And I think this can be difficult in guy relationships where they they everything is taken personal. And am I, am I off on this? I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? No, this, I was just going to say, and then I'll hand it to Jack. This is where... Everything that we've talked about so far, being goal-oriented, pushing each other, um, striving to be better, if if a healthy dose of humility does not accompany those things, it's not going to work because of exactly what you're talking about here. If it is a, I want to be the best guy in the room, I want everybody to know I'm the best guy in the room, I want to look down on other guys, if, if, if a healthy dose of humility does not accompany everything that we've brought in, then, the, then these guy friendships, I don't want to say they're not going to work, they're going to be a lot harder. And so it is very much a balanced equation type of thing where you want to have the confidence. You want to have the confidence to, to push yourself to be better, but you also have to have the humility to go, you know, I, I need to sometimes sacrifice to make this friendship work. Um, I, I need to necessarily not always be the have the last word. I need to not necessarily always, you know, be the guy that comes out, you know, the, the victor here. I need to, to sacrifice. I need to have, have, again, humility in a lot of cases. If you have the the pushing each other and the goal and the striving without the humility, that's where you can get into trouble. And if everything's a competition, 
then people just get tired, man. If, if every single time I come and tell you like something good that happened in my life and you can't celebrate it with me because it's like, oh, you know, you just but, have to one up him every yeah, time. Yeah, this also yeah. happened. The one up guy who has to act like everything's a competition. Settle down. Sometimes we just need to be brothers. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. That's to the, the women and the men that we need to be there for one another. And the alpha males who make everything about, again, measuring each other against each other all the time, every second of every day, because they've got to be the best. You ruin a lot of relationships. People get burnt out and they go, that person's not fun to be around. I don't want that. Yeah. There's a part of it where this is inevitable. I mean, of, of male status competitions, hierarchy, all those things. In fact, we had that episode on Christian elitism a, a few weeks ago and eldership and all that of like, some guys are going to rise up and we get resentful of that in this day and age. You think you're better than me? You know, like we're all, we're all the same. We're not actually. And that is one of the reasons why, you know, sports is, is such an important thing, we feel, is because those things shake themselves out. There is a best player. There's an alpha. There's a number one. And people get in line behind them. And you see the beauty of a team where there is the supporting role player who realizes I'm not going to get the biggest contract. I'm not going to be in front of the cameras. They're not going to give me the MVP trophy, but I've got a role to play and I can help and be part of this. And and so when we have that, and the other thing is sometimes that that sharp alpha competition can make you better if you have the humility you know, to know when to back off, to know when to let the other guy shine, know when to give the other guy praise. And I mean, kind of the, uh, I mean, there's a million movies that have this dynamic top gun or whatever else where you've got two really skilled guys, right? Kind of going head to head and, you know, who's better? I'm better than you. You're better than me. But there's a respect that comes out of it, right? Is you're bringing something and I'm bringing something. And I know that you have something of value and I've got something of value. And even if I think I'm better than you, or even if I'm, you know, trying to be better than you, Okay, but we're we're working to the same direction here, and so you know, last week we talked about the crabs. This uh, this week, you know, the crab buckets, crabs pulling each other out. You got the the Jordan Peterson lobster thing of like, this is how it works. Is there's a territory that we share together, and it becomes quickly available or quickly uh, apparent. Who's kind of the the best guy? Who are people looking to? Who's taking responsibility? Who's stepping up? And you respect that because that's the thing that we when we talked about Christian elitism, we don't respect it. When somebody comes in and they are clearly just on top of their game, they're, you know, a good Christian leader. They're, they're somebody who knows the word. They're somebody, we get resentful we, because it's there. a judgment against us. And it's like, you know what? I, okay, I know you guys always give me the business when I cite like Lord of the Rings or, you know, things like that. But Nerd. the thing where, yeah, exactly. uh, you just know, like you Marvel got Boromir movies. who, yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, you got Boromir who's a ro- kind of royalty, semi-royalty in his own right, you know, a strong man, powerful man, a leader and all that. And, and he, you know, basically he's like, no, Aragorn's the guy. That's the guy. We're all rallying behind him. We're on his team. He's the leader. You know, like, I'm, I'm here with you, man. I'm your guy. And for a strong, competent man like that to look at another guy and be like, lead. You lead on, man. I'm your, I'm your number one cheerleader. I'm right behind you. I'm wherever you need. And you see this with David and his mighty men. It's so cool reading those stories of the, what they accomplished. And it's like, yeah, David's the guy. David's the king. But they're all doing this in service of the king. And that's one of the worst parts about the Uriah betrayal is like you've got this guy that would die for David. This, this guy who obviously in his own right is a, an incredibly mighty man is submitting himself to a bigger cause to another guy of, of this hierarchy and that you don't have that alpha competition. But to bring this into our lives in the church, you'll have that of... You know, well, I'm not following that guy. Well, I've got better ideas. I've got, and, and you just start butting heads. It's like, man, take the back seat sometimes. Give the other guy the encouragement sometimes. Put him on the pedestal sometimes. You don't always need to be that guy. And you don't need to be resentful when somebody else, you know, gets the recognition or, or does well. So, Jack, you've got on here something. So, everybody's familiar with Proverbs 27, 17. Um, Iron sharpening iron, right? You heard that before. I'm going to read the verse, and then, Jack, I'm actually going to hand it back to you to let you get into this um, because there's an alternate reading to the Everybody, so I'm going to read it real quick, and then I'll, you know, everybody kind of has in their mind what they think it means. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And the way that we, we commonly view it and is the idea that we make each other better, right? Iron sharpens iron. We, we sharpen each other. We, we make each other better in a general sense. There is a, a slightly different interpretation of that, Jack. I'll, I'll let you get into that, that, that really kind of plays into this discussion. Yeah, some take the, the Hebrew word sharpen and point out how a lot of times, especially in Proverbs, it's used as a negative. You know, and you've got a sharp tongue and a sharp, you know, look or, or things like that, that it's, 
it's hurtful. And so, you know, this sharpening each other is we're making each other, you know, it's it's that friction. It's, you know, you're you're clashing together. You're but it's a heads negative thing, and, not a positive thing. Right, it's a negative. And I'm not I'm not sure which interpretation I go with, but I do think that's a reality that can happen is, you know, when we come together, when we keep our distance from each other as we talked about last week and we all have our own arm's length relationships, you don't get much out of each other. When you come together, two things are going to happen. Friction will happen, and friction is going to make things more difficult. It's going to strain you. It's going to make you dislike each other at times, and you can either work through that, and then if you do that, you come out stronger, or it's going to, you know, you clash and you push each other away, and it's up to us to decide what we do with those, and and again, I'm not sure which interpretation of Proverbs is right, but I think both of those are biblical principles of we can really make each other worse, anger each other, bring out the worst in each other, or we can push each other to, you know, greater holiness, greater service, greater anything, and, and, and being better people. It's what we do with those clashes we have with each other. When we get into that, you know, who's who's going to give way to each other? Who's going to um, take the lead? Who's going to uh, submit? Who's going who's to be the bigger follow? Man, yeah. And... and yeah, I mean, and, and these are difficult things that we have to work through. And, you know, what you end up with that, we'll hit this one briefly because, you know, we want to get to the, the female side of it, the lone wolf syndrome. You know, you clash with a guy a couple of times and it's like, I'm just better off on my own. And you see tons of guys go There's that direction. Lots I don't of guys really, do that, yeah. I, I don't really need anybody. I'm, I got my own thing going on. And, and, and so you end up where you are. We talked about last week, no personal relationships, no spiritual relationships. Well, You've got all these proverbs about the counsel of a friend and the the wounds of a brother where he's telling you hurtful things you need to hear. You need those people in your life because of the blind spots we have. So you can't be a lone wolf, but that means taking the risk of getting close enough to somebody to get hurt. And and the the and and having the determination to work through the interpersonal dynamics, which we're going to save a lot of that conflict resolution stuff for next week, our our final episode in this uh, this arc. But there's one more we need to get to before we switch to the the female side of it, and that is the council of friends. We talked about you know Will brought up the confrontation, which is important. You got to make sure it's good confrontation, good counsel. I mean, you look at Job as the perfect example of this. Those are some pretty useless friends, man. I mean, those, you know, guys that kick him when he's down rather than guys that are helping him out, listening to him, believing him. Um, and, and so Psalm 1 talks about the people you surround you with. Proverbs 1, are you listening to foolishness or wisdom? Uh, I mean, there's a million Bible verses about the company you keep. And so what are some principles, I guess, somebody could take for how to select the people to listen to? That's a great question. You know, I always feel like Job's friends get a bad rap, and they should. But I also feel like I do think they had the appropriate intentions. I think they're looking at their brother going, all right, man, you know, just kind of let's get through this. I really want you to stop hurting. They grieve with him for seven days. People often forget that, that these, you know, they come and they're just in silence for seven days. I don't think they were... I think they were bad in the fact that, yes, as you're talking, the foolish counsel they gave, and that's a pitfall that we have to watch out for is you can have, and this doesn't answer your question, but like you can have friends that have the greatest of intentions and give horrible advice. They're really trying to help you, but they give horrible advice, and we have to watch out for that as men. So how do we choose these guys? First and foremost, obviously, you want brothers who are moving in a better spiritual direction, and not every friendship is going to be this way, but you look around, and so the counsel goes back to my point. You know, Tony, who was literally older than dad, was my best friend at, at Bear Valley, and I trusted his counsel. I thought that what he said, like he was clearly moving in the appropriate direction. He was a lot wiser. Surround yourself with some wiser people and surround yourself with people that you can look at their lives, see their fruits that, okay, they're they're doing something good, and seek counsel from people like that whose fruits are clearly better than not. That's what I was going to say. So you bring up the spiritual side of where, of course, you want to surround yourself with people who have the knowledge of God's Word, who have the spiritual maturity and the spiritual wisdom. And, Joe, you're sort of getting into this other side that I'll, that I'll talk about here of look at their lives, look at the decisions that they have made, look at where they are in their life, and then just use common sense. Then just use your brain and, and say, okay, have they made some really poor decisions versus have they, have they done pretty well for themselves? And typically... If, if the person who's made some really bad decisions and just maybe isn't great with money, for instance, or has some really bad relationships or has lost friendships because of a bad temper, you know, you can look at those people and say, yeah, they haven't done super well in, in XYZ area. 
probably not going to take their advice, right? It, it, again, it, it's the guy that's been through two divorces giving you marriage advice. Probably not going to listen to him. Versus the people that you can look at and say, no, they've got it together. They're, that, per, that guy is really successful at his job, uh, loves his family, is a really good family man. Um, you know, there's a, there's a dozen different areas that you could look at. But I think, Joe, that you put it perfectly, look at their fruits. What does their life show? What, are the, what have their decisions shown? And, man, when if it comes down to it, take the advice of the person that's got it all together versus the person that's made bad decisions in life. That's I mean, you say that uh, because you, you bring up Job's friends. What about Rehoboam? That's the other one where he had the, the option to take counsel from the, the wise elders who were giving him very solid advice based on experience, based on wisdom, based on knowledge versus – the advice that he did take, which was those of his basically childhood buddies, right? His his gang of friends that gave advice based on none of those things, and look how it turned out for him. And so I, I think we can, we as guys, need to be very careful of this one uh, specifically about the counsel that we take. Just just use our brains, just use common sense, and look at the people that maybe got a lot of stuff wrong in their life. Probably don't take those people's advice. Jack, is there anything you want to add to that? Because I do want to move into the female, but there's one thing that's not on the outline that I want to make a quick point of. One of the things that I see a lot in therapy is you see a lot of guys, I've worked with so many guys who have a ton of girlfriends, but they cannot make a guy friend to save their lives. Like they don't have one good guy friend, but they'll talk to, you know, six other female friends or whatever it may be. They're way more comfortable with that. That points to one thing every single time. I always ask, what's your relationship like with your father? It's horrible. So I wanted to say that on as far as it goes with the friendships with guys, if you really struggle to connect with other guys, I would encourage you look at the relationship with your dad because this comes in with the, the counsel. Why should we have to pick? A lot of times the, the wise counsel is supposed to be your dad. It's supposed to be the guy you go to go, hey, what do I do in this situation? You see the relationships where a guy has that. It is so cool, right? It's so cool where you can go to your dad and say, hey, what do I do in this situation? I've had so many conversations with my dad of like, Okay, I'm thinking of moving to Tennessee, right? What are you, what do you think? And he'd just lay it out. And I knew he wasn't going to lie to me. He wasn't going to sugarcoat it. But he was going to tell me what, not what I wanted to hear, but what I needed to hear. And um, I appreciate that so much, but I see a lot of guys who don't have that relationship. So once again, if you're one of those guys, you say, man, I just don't connect with other guys, consider your relationship with your father. And there's two ways you can go. You can either, in my opinion, and I know this, is, this goes against the, the idea of toughness in a lot of ways, seek therapy. I'm a therapist and, and that's what I do is I help guys kind of work through their relationship with their father. Maybe your father's passed on, you know, maybe he's, he's no longer living. That doesn't mean you can't work through that relationship, but if he is, there may be an opportunity for reconciliation. And if there's not, you can still process through it. All I know is you have to sometimes process through the poor attachment to your dad to be able to really attach to other guys, because if you feel they're going to judge you the way your dad did, that's really difficult. So I want to make that, but fellas, are we good to move into into the female side. Yeah. We, now that we've spent some 45 minutes on what <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is going to be about 77% as long, but it'll carry over uh, you know, some of the principles from male friendships to uh, women friendships. And so with that, the, the dynamic is different because they're different people. I mean, we are wired differently. We've talked about a million times how everyone wants to deny that, but we just are. I mean, the dominion thing versus the nurturing thing. And the evidence of that, I mean, everyone's seen this of guys you know, dad would joke about this of, uh, you know, a friend that he had where he knew what his friend did for work. They'd talk politics. They had some, you know, shared interests that they would talk about. And, you know, like, I don't even know their kids' names. Whereas, you know, with women, it's like their worst enemy. They can say, yeah, they're married to so-and-so and their their kids are this that age and they're in this that grade and this is what they do for their hobbies and all that. And it's it, because that's, they're, they're people concerned. They're, you know, Joe brought that, that thing up earlier about talking about, people talking about, you know, events, talking about ideas. And I think we should be able to do all of them at different times. You know, you want to drift certainly towards the ideas thing, but women are people concerned. And that that is a beautiful thing that makes them able to help people and serve people and love people very well. But it also has its pitfalls as well of gossip and things like that. And so I guess because there's not the dominance hierarchy thing there's there's that different dynamic let's talk about the nature of women's relationships especially within the church um you know we've 
we don't have a lot or nearly as much in the Bible about this because women are not as featured in the Bible. I mean, it's it's mostly the men in the Bible, and some of the women that do, it's their, you know, their, what, what you see with them is in relation to men. You've got Deborah, you've got Ruth, you've got Esther. You know, Ruth is maybe the clearest one, Ruth and Naomi, which is a beautiful relationship, but there's not, you know, there's Rachel and Leah, which is a terrible Mary and one. Elizabeth, we get a glimpse Mary of, and Elizabeth, I guess, yeah. Yeah, you get a, a short, you know, a glimpse of that, which is wonderful. Um, but there's not a lot. And so you do have Titus, which is about the older women teaching the younger, and Titus 2, which is another great text. But as far as peer-to-peer women relationships, if it's not a competition, you know, pushing each other kind of thing like men, what is it? What is the nature of it? Women are so, they're so compassionate, and that's something that my wife, of course, does a much better job of than me. I, I Compassion is one of my weakest traits. It's just, I, I, I have very little patience a lot of times, and so my compassion is not always where it needs to be. That's something I think women excel at for the most part, and I'm obviously generalizing here. Um, and so, I don't know, that's one thing that you get a bunch of guys that are in need of, you know, compassion with their guy friends, it's really not going to happen because a lot of guys also aren't very compassionate. Whereas women, they are, they, they, they empathize better. They, they are, they, they, um, and sympathy and empathy, I know are not the same thing. So I might've just mixed those up, but they are more compassionate. They are more supportive. They're more comforting and nurturing. And we can't, I think we, we, a lot of times we talk about that and just kind of pay lip service to it, like, oh yeah, women are more nurturing, more, comp-. That, that is a very needed trait. That is something that, that human beings need, um, and so while we've spent a lot of time talking about the fact that guys are going to pursue different things, I don't think we can neglect the importance of the need for nurture, the need for compassion in many instances. And as far as the women-to-women relationship, I do think that is something that they, they can do fairly well is, is be there for each other when, you know, tough parenting week or a really tough week, you know, doing X, Y, Z. Women, to me, at least the ones that I've seen, typically do a, a pretty good job of being there for each other and kind of lifting each other up, building each other up. Here, let me ask this, and I don't know if you guys want to answer that as well. This is what I see as a young person that's kind of the flip side of this. There's a lot of that that's very fake. You, you think about the, the Instagram, Facebook world of, let me post a picture, uh, a girl posting a picture, and 40 people comment, you look so beautiful, oh my goodness, you're gorgeous, and uh, or, or the other side of, man, I've had a really tough week, you know, just things aren't going great, and 40 comments of, you're doing great, you're just the best mom in the world, you're, you're amazing. I know that's, uh, that's good for a lot of women to, to read, like it, it, it makes them feel better, and maybe that, that's the compassion supportive thing I'm talking about here. A lot of that can ve- can read to outsiders like that seems very it seems very fake. It doesn't seem very genuine. Yeah, yeah, disingenuous. And so there's two sides to that. I don't know if you guys want to jump in there. Um, that's just something that I see again. Typically, as a younger person, when you've got a girl that posts a picture, I mean, if I post a picture, I don't have 40 guys going, "Man, you look awesome. You you look great." <laughs> that's not what guys do, right? But girls that that is expected. That is expected for girls to do. So. A lot of this, that's actually one of the pitfalls that we're, we're, we're going to come to because a lot of what you're talking about, Will, a lot of the pitfalls are the back end to the positive sides of their relationships. So, for instance, like, I think the role of a woman throughout Scripture is to, and Jack, I actually like how you put on the outline, beautifying and perfecting what men take dominion of. So, the man builds the house, the woman makes it the home. And I, I think there's that, that is present throughout Scripture, Right. So why would women be called out for gossiping so much? Because your life already revolves around other people, right? It already revolves around maybe the men in your life or whatever else. You're people-oriented, you're nurture-oriented, you're taking care of people. So wouldn't it make sense that the discussions would would kind of drift into gossip and into about other people to the negative, not just to the positive? And I think, so for, for the women's side of it, the positive parts of the relationship that you'll see throughout Scripture is, to your point, Will, I think of um, Mary and, and Elizabeth and how Mary shows up for Elizabeth and is there, right? Like, there's that, hey, I'll be there for you. I'll nurture you. Supportive. I'll take care of you. Yeah. I'll support you. That's what they do best. That's why they're good nurses. That's why they're good mothers is they're supportive. Are they going? Are they typically going out and conquering? No, because that's a male trait. That's what we are designed to do. We flip that in this culture where feminism has taken over and you're a girl boss, you're going to go do it. But women aren't satisfied in that because if they were, they would have to stop at some point. Feminism continues to push until men are eradicated because they're not happy happy, and they're not willing to realize without men, 
life doesn't go well for you, who's going to protect you from the wolves? Who's going to do all of these things? Who's going to build your homes? You can beautify the home. Who's going to build the homes? Oh, we can do it. No, you can't. You really can't. Um, and the times where it happens, well, what about Deborah? I mean, we yeah, we get into, we've already discussed feminism and such, but I do think that the relationships with women ought to be based around kind of some of the nurturing thing. But this is why I think it can get into, I don't know if we want to get in. Jack, anything you'd add before we get into pitfalls? Because the pitfalls are kind of the back end of this that we have to be careful of. But anything you'd add to that before we get there? Well, you're spot on with the strengths and the weaknesses being the two sides of a coin. And it's the same thing with the men. The the thing that drives us on towards greater competition also sometimes results in the pushing each other away, the I'll take my ball and go home thing. With women, it is the the comfort and nurture leads you to prioritize feelings over truth. It, it leads, as you said, gossip, you know, talking about people rather than helping the people just because you care about people, but you're, you're internalizing that the wrong way. And so uh, that's a, a great point. But you think about, you know, another male-female difference is, you know, your, your son runs out, he's, he's playing around, he, he comes in, scraped knee, you know, little guy, he's upset, he's crying. You know, mom's first instinct is, oh, hey, buddy, let's let's clean that up. Let's get a Band-Aid on it. You're going to be okay. And dad's instinct is, well, what were you doing? You know, were you, you were playing some dirt on it? Were you somewhere you're yeah. yeah, like, oh, come on, man, it's not that big a deal. And that's why God created us this way is you kind of need both sides. You need the analytical male mind to go, okay, how can we prevent this from happening again? Or what did you do wrong? Or did you break a rule? And let, let's, let's get the truth of it and the nurture side of it. But again, in this society we have, we've gone so far to the nurture side of it that there, the truth-telling isn't there. And and Will got at that with, you know, some of those posts, and, and my wife was bemoaning this herself the other day, those memes that say, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are a great mom. She's like, all of them? Everybody right. who reads that is a great mom? Right. You know, some of them just set their kid down in front That's of the TV for 12 yeah, hours, so, yeah. fed them, uh, you know, a steady diet of, of Cheerios or you know, Lucky charm cereal, and, and stayed on Facebook all day, and she's reading that going, yeah, I am a great mom. Right. Like, no, that that right. is your, your nurturing, comforting instinct turned against you for bad, and so... Uh, it, it's very hard to talk about the positives without talking about the negatives because they so quickly morph into that, where there's a good instinct there that goes wrong. And so it is keeping them on uh, you know, on the rails to channel that in the right direction and not let it become those things. So here's one of the struggles, I think. And Will, you, you mentioned this earlier. You said, I disagreed with you. I'm going to come back around to that. So you talked about how you know women can... Usually they're better at having more women relationships than men are. They're women. more prone to it. They're more guess, prone to yeah. it. And I would agree with that. At the same time, I think about a lot of the women in my life. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble here because I know several of them listen here. But I think a lot of the women in my life. Don't name any names here, Joe. <laughs> how many have like really close friends? Really close friends. Not very many other than maybe their husbands. Right? Like they're they're just not super close to any other women. And what you fall into, and this is a pitfall, is cattiness. Yes, we talked about the gossip. We've, we've talked about the fakeness. I think we can come back around to some of that, the deadly affirmations and, and such, because there's some other points I want to make on that. But I think there's such cattiness in the relationships. And as I was thinking about this, we're talking about the male side of it. And one thing that continued to come up for the male side of it is they all had a something that was bigger than them. So David and his mighty men, how could those mighty men submit? Because we're all moving in the same direction. There's something bigger than us. How do the guys in the military work together so well? Because they're, we're all serving something bigger. How does the sports team do it? We're all serving something bigger, right? In each of those situations, the hierarchy is fixed because there's something bigger and there's a greater goal that we're trying to achieve. We're trying to win a war. I don't need to be the admiral. I don't need to be the general. I can be this little cadet and, and still serve my role in winning the war because that's the goal. Okay, think about it from the women perspective who are not goal oriented. What is the goal in these relationships? Are they moving towards somewhere? Are they doing something, you know, are they moving up in their relationships? What it does is it devolves into cattiness. It devolves into petty competition. They are, you know, anything you can do, I can do better from the the woman's side of it, the Instagram model life of, oh wow, look what she has and it turns into jealousy and how often does it get into things that are just really detrimental to the average female to the point where they pull away and go, I'm done. I'm done. I, I I can't have a positive conversation or I can't have a positive relationship with this person because I've been stabbed in the back because, you know, all they want to do is is the competition-based, I've got more things than you've got. Uh, it's the cattiness where there's these little jabs along the way, and it's really tiring. And I think women pull out of that, and they go, 
I don't want anything. I don't want anything to do with it. So they go into online relationships where they're not fully known, but they can kind of, you know, they can push into these areas. They may not, they resent the people on Instagram, but they may comment on Facebook, be in these groups, whatever it is. You get into terrible advice. We talked about that. Um, But I really think that cattiness and a weariness to these relationships is kind of a pandemic for women these days. So let me ask this then. How should it appropriately be pursued, female, female friendships? Because I also have seen, like you said, I've got my husband. I'm good. I don't need anybody else, right? I've got my husband. I've got my kids. Um, And so I I do still think women can be more prone to it than guys are. There are still a lot of women also that are like, don't really need it. And, And maybe for the reasons that Joe just spelled out. And so... I think you guys would agree that just like we we agree that males should pursue this with other with other males, I do think it's valuable and healthy for females to pursue this with other females. But how should it appropriately be done? Joe just spelled out all the ways that it can be very um, inappropriately done and very unhealthy for females to do. What is the appropriate method here? What is the appropriate uh, way for females to go out and pursue and chase? good, solid, strong, deep female-to-female relationships. If it can go wrong so many ways, what are the right ways that it can go? Jack, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, I'm going to jump in with the... I think what Joe's getting at, and and one of the big differences here, is women need... What they're in pursuit of is belonging. Is, you know, in being part of a group. And with men, it's responsibility. Like, you want to be part of something, but again, it's, I got a part to play. I can help out. I can just do anything. Just give me a role. Help me, you know, and, and I'll, I'll contribute something. Whereas women, it's just that, that safety, that belonging, that, that being at home. And I think that's one reason for the cattiness is you're constantly doing in-group, out-group. And, and when you get burned a couple times, then you start preemptively doing, you start outgrouping other people. You start, you know, going, okay, I'm going to sidle in on this person and shove them aside and, and go find the next friend. And it gets to be this really ugly thing. But belonging is what they're looking for. And so the positivity would be to have the self the, the, the self-assurance in Christ and in, in who you are and your family, your husband, you know, helps provide this as well of like, you're loved, you're cared for, you belong already so that you can extend that to other people rather than being in competition, rather than looking to the other women around you and going, all right, who do I belong with and who, whose place can I take? You know, who can I shove out and, and be, you know, kind of in, again, doing the in-group, out-group thing, you don't have to do that. When when you are firmly grounded in who you are in, in Christ, you just become that person. And man, we've all been in the home of women who do that. Of where you just, the minute you walk into their house, you feel welcome, you feel taken care of, you feel, because she's extending that belonging to you. That is, you know, the, the beauty of a, a godly woman. The Proverbs 31 woman, that's all she is, is, is creating a belonging for all those around her, for her husband, for her kids, for, you know, uh, just, and so the again the the way satan twists that into the negative is the gossip thing and and we've brought that word up a bunch it's because paul brings it up a bunch first timothy 3 11 5 13 second timothy 3 3 titus 2 3 in those where he's writing to these preachers these evangelists at these churches he tells them each in each book you know titus or he tells timothy three times tells titus again malicious gossips are a problem this is what they're prone to do Make sure they don't do it. And that's women getting together and creating an in-group, talking about the out-group. And they get, why are they prone to that? Because they benefit, they get a sense of belonging of me and my friend over here. We're better than the other people. We, we've got a group. We've got a camaraderie. And that camaraderie is based around who doesn't belong. That's so negative. That's so ugly. And so positive belonging has to be at the center of these, these female relationships. I think that's a great point. And I would also add... some of the best relationships that I've seen with women is like in a women's Bible study, in a homeschool group. Why? Because the group is something you can belong to. Just by by merely participating and showing up, you don't get kicked out of the group. Usually there can be cattiness within those things from time to time for sure. But when there is something that's kind of the general belonging, when it's a friendship to friendship, do I belong? Am I out? Am I in? Am I out? How do I know? Well, if they're nice to me, I'm in. If they're mean to me, I'm out. There's kind of this like that's so um, like schoolgirlish. Yeah, exactly. You know? But but there's kind of like I don't I hate to use the term like esoteric, but a little bit of it's out there, right? There, it's ethereal. Like you can't really grasp am I in or am I out? If you show up to a women's Bible study and you're really you know you're doing the Bible study on your own, you're showing up, you're contributing. 
you do belong and you know you belong because there's tangibility to that, right? Like I can actually see that I'm belonging to this group. And so I think for women, I'm not saying every relationship has to be about that, but that is something that if you're struggling with women relationships, consider pursuing something like that, getting in a group that's a little bit bigger than you, if that makes sense. I think that's all very well said. There is one more element we need to get to of a pitfall that has already kind of been touched on, uh, but that is because of the the heavy emphasis that women have on compassion and nurturing and kind of taking care of things, that can very much lead to this idea of, of deadly affirmation, right? The idea that you're going to say something that isn't true because you don't want somebody to be uncomfortable. You don't want somebody's feelings to be hurt. Um, that's why typically in the home, who is the more respected disciplinarian among the kids the dad is and you know you hear stories about that about how the kids knew mom was kind of a pushover and so they didn't you know they they, they definitely pushed the limits on mom but when dad was home man that they were they uh, respected the boundaries why because kids are smart kids know that that men are going to be more firm on yeah no you I said don't do that so you're going to get disciplined because you did what you weren't supposed to do um, and so I do think that that is a, a pitfall that women have to watch out for, not just with, with discipline, but with, again, kind of the whole fakeness of, of social media, but with the idea of even among their group calling stuff out. Women don't typically do that because they don't want feelings to be hurt. They don't want um, anybody to, to feel offended or, again, just, just to be uncomfortable. And I, I think for all the women listening, that's something that you need to constantly take Uh, inventory on is are you so overly concerned with feelings and so overly concerned with uh, emotion and people feeling like they're needed and wanted that you're avoiding truth that you're avoiding you know you see it you know just a a silly example somebody come a girl comes in with a new haircut that is just dreadfully awful you know just doesn't look good what does every woman say love your new hair oh my goodness (laughs) looks so good right and everybody you know the the guys or you know the people (laughs) who don't say anything are looking at it going you actually think that? Like, no, you know, no, I, I just yeah. wanted to tell her that. That That's something little. That's something minor. You know, you don't want to go around telling people that they look bad. But I think that's that's a, a microcosm of something much bigger in the sense that we don't want to say things that are blatantly true. Your haircut looks awful um, on the minor scale versus your parenting style isn't great on the major scale. Women women aren't very good at that. And so I think that to just to kind of wrap up that the pitfall section, what do you guys have to add to that? Because to me, that's one of the bigger ones. I think you guys hit the other ones very well. This to me is a, is a pretty crucial one as well because we always have a need to say truth. I think there's some stuff we'll get into there with the uh, next week with the conflict resolution and, and all those things we're going to talk about because none of us are good at confrontation. Women are really bad at confrontation because, number one, it's, it's hard to do and they don't have that, you know, aggression. They don't have that edge naturally, which is great. But, you know, sometimes it takes that to say, hey, this isn't OK or that's wrong or no, you're that's that's not true. And so they don't have that. But the other thing is women also take those things horribly. And so developing a bit of a thicker skin and a, and a care for the truth of, you know, because they prioritize their own feelings sometimes in these where it's, you know, you see if if. If somebody's honest, well, that's the end of the friendship. It shouldn't be that way. And if your friendship is propped up on lying to each other all the time, that's a pretty lousy friendship. And and it's one, especially as Christians, is not going to get you anywhere. And that, you know, I love Titus 2, you know, 3 or 4, where it's talking about the older women, teaching the younger women to be keepers at home, to love their husbands and children. That means some correction. Because there's going to be times where they don't love their husbands, they don't love their children, their family's driving them nuts, and they've got an older woman saying, yeah, but it's your job. This is what you're here to do. And and that, that loving guidance and correction of putting them back on the right track of, no, you, you don't get to just be negative. You don't get to cave in. You don't get to... But, no, instead, we've got Facebook posts that say, you're great. You're There's nothing wrong with you. You've never made a mistake in your life. You are wonderful. You are awesome no matter who you are, no matter what you do. You nameless, faceless person, you are awesome. And so... That ability to be confrontational, that ability to be honest with each other, um, and, and I mean, it's kind of the whole, do I look fat in this dress thing? There's so much, there's so many layers of things going on there that it's not just an honest question about how do I look in this dress, it's looking for affirmation, it's looking for things, looking for belonging, looking for love, and, and all those things that nothing is ever straightforward and that is one of the most frustrating things about men as women we we can be free of straightforward they can't do that and and it is a detriment sometimes and but in consider that fakeness is cheap 
that the affirmation of, oh, you do look great, it's cheap, you know they're lying, they know they're lying, and we all pretend that that's true. No, what it is is cheap, and what it comes back to is we're all, we all feel worthy of rejection. Guys pull away and they won't show any emotion because they're afraid that if they do, they'll be rejected. Women end up just lying through their teeth and being fake because they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid that if they tell their friend the difficult thing, but what they're doing is they're watering down anything that you actually do mean. That's People who came, out, came over, and I know we need to wrap up, but people would come over and sit at the dinner table with us and mom would be like, what'd you think of the meal? We would all be like, well, I think it could need a little salt. You know, I didn't like this as much, but that part was really good. People, like, their their jaws would drop. You talk to your mom that way? Like, yeah. You're always just supposed to say the meal's great. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, my mom is a fantastic cook. I do the same thing with my wife. She's a fantastic cook. Why? Naturally, they're gifted. But there's also a part of it, like, we told them when they needed to correct. So when I tell my wife, that meal blew my socks off. That was unbelievable. She knows I'm not lying to her. She knows that's not fake. Like, because I would have told you if I didn't think that, well, women need to get used to being able to say the hard truths and not just encourage because fake encouragement is cheap and it means nothing. And everybody in the room knows it means nothing. Don't cheapen yourself. Case in point, when Jack shows up with just terrible shoe style, me and Joe are not going to tell him that we love his shoes. And exactly that he looks it. Great. We're, we're just not going to exactly do it. <laughs> the subject of many, many roasts. I was just going to add to this Proverbs 27.6 in that same chapter is iron sharpens iron. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And it's so true that a friend who will hurt your feelings, that is faithful. That is a blessing. And an enemy who will kiss you, I mean, and that just immediately draws your mind to Judas, of course, you know, the, the enemy's kiss, but it is a kiss of somebody saying, you're awesome, you're wonderful, you're great, but somebody that doesn't care about you at all, somebody who cares more about their own feelings and not getting backlash, and so that that is a very, very heavy verse that I think will factor heavily into the next episode as well as we talk about getting through some of the difficulties, because there are difficulties, as as we talked about, you keep everybody at arm's length, you're going to have way less conflict, but you're also just not going to benefit that much. You draw people near, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be butting heads. It's going to hurt, but you're going to really benefit from that. You know, it's it. the hard work always leads to a better result. And so uh, that kind of gets us to the end of our, our male-female dynamics. Again, uh, we did a lot more on, on male stuff. I think because we know more about male right. stuff. Um, you know, male. <laughs> We're not the experts uh, on females. <laughs> the goodness, goodness, no. Um, <laughs> not going to claim that ever. Uh, but, you know, uh, hopefully there's something true or something useful here. I mean, there's so much scripture, uh, you know, about who we are to be as people and things that hint at what men do, what, what women do. And so hopefully uh, you've gained something from this. And if you're a guy, it is hard to have guy friends. Go start building it. And again, start building yourself up. Start working on who you are and taking responsibility and growing. You'll find the other people that are doing it. And if you're a woman, create that sense of belonging and, and have a sense of belonging in yourself so you can extend it to others and you don't feel the need to play those in-group, out-group games. That'd be my summary. Any any final stuff from you guys? I was trying to think of a think tank question or something, but... More than anything, group think. Oh, group think. Sorry, group think. Sorry, Joe, group think. Joe just does not. I don't get, get it. The, uh, the term. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a Freudian slip because think tank should have been what it's called, but that's okay. That's okay. I'll get, uh, well, I'll sure. get over it. Group think. Sorry, wrong one. Um, but for the group think question, no, I did not. Uh, we we did not come up with one, but we still want the comments. We would still love to know your thoughts on why are there such pitfalls there, and you know maybe some from your personal experience, something you've noticed, um, and what can we do about it. You know, maybe we missed something on there. What can we do about it? What do you see as some struggles and what do you see as the solutions, especially in the church? We'd love to know your comments. Of course, if you're on our Patreon, make sure to comment on the video underneath and we will get to it. I was going to say, I think this will be a particularly fun deep end. And so yeah. uh, very much looking forward to the comments on Focus Plus and uh, join us over there as as always. Uh, we're, we're really enjoying that. And uh, so that will drop this Friday and uh, your comments in by Wednesday night. We'll, we'll review them, record our thoughts and uh, get that up on Friday. So we will talk to you guys next week as we uh, close out our relationship arc with episode three.